Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to the Be Bold Show for Women Entrepreneurs, and I am your host, Lori Carice. Today, I have with us Dorothy Kolb, CEO, DK East Associates. She's a fractional CFO helping level the playing field for women founders. So welcome to the show, Dorothy. Thank you so much, Lori. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for being here. It looks like the topic today is going to be knowing your financials, understanding the numbers behind your business. So let's dive in. Yeah. Well, I work with a lot of creatives, PR, communication firms, people who are not happy and friendly with numbers. So I deal with this a lot, but it's so important for women business owners or any business owner to understand the numbers part of their business. And it's so often things that we've just built up a block, whether it's our own personal finances back in the day and we didn't have money and we're like, I don't want to look at my cash, my bank account because it's too scary. Or we just were not raised to, as women, a lot of women were just not raised to be worried about finances. They were, you know, it was somebody, it was your husband's, you know, issue or your father's issue or whatever. So a lot of women come to the table with a lot of blocks around finance and numbers, but it really isn't anything that you should be afraid of. And I firmly believe that if you can just dive into it a little bit and get a little bit of understanding around it, that you can start to utilize those numbers to really drive your business forward. And a lot of my business comes around presenting it in a way that somebody can understand. So not necessarily, you know, giving you a, a profit and loss statement or a balance sheet, because that might not make sense, but you need to constantly be asking for presentation in a way that makes sense to you. Charts, graphs, just talk to me show me what's going on, all that kind of thing. But it's it's really important to be looking at these at these numbers. You know, it's so weird how timing is everything because I, I seem to have like the right conversations with the right people based on what's going on in my life. I'm totally going through that money makeover. As a matter of fact, I was looking up to see what the name of the audio book I was listening to right now it's pretty dated. It's 20 years old, but it's by Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover. And my my girlfriend um, mentioned it to me and I started listening to it and I'm like, okay, it's 20 years old. And, um, you know, but I, money is money. So nothing's really changed. I started hearing a couple of things I thought might be uh, maybe a little switched up, you know, but not so much. And I realized I have just, Never been really good with money. Comes in, goes out just as easily. Yeah. But I think what I'm hearing is I I was never taught how to deal with money. Just make it and pay your bills. But I think there's a little more strategy behind that. And now that I have a teen and tween, uh, you know, two girls, I'm like, I need to teach them better so they don't look at my life and think that it's normal. I'm a single parent. So I feel like I'm always in struggle and hustle mode working for myself. You talk about P&Ls. Yeah. I mean, doing my taxes every year is super draining. I have to commit an entire weekend to sorting out my paperwork and putting in categories and then just like doing it with, you know, five hours of batch time. Um, <laughs> and it, it's not fun, but you also have those proud moments where you're like, wow, I brought in some money off of my creative, off of my design, off of my abilities. So 
it's it's quite empowering. But I do definitely wish this was always something I could have handed off to somebody else. The bottom line is I can't. I run my business top to bottom. So what are some of those tips on getting a little more comfortable with money, understanding money, um, being training yourself to to yeah have better money habits? Yeah, well, there's a fantastic book called "You're a Badass Making uh, uh, for Making Money at Ma- at Making Money." I believe it is. It's Jen C- Sincero. Um, she wrote the book "You're a Badass," which is another great book. But um, and it's it's in really good you know vernacular and like you know she curses in it and things like that. But um, but I'm the single mother of four also, so I am with you on the you know the stresses of owning your own business and trying to run it all. But I think. Just becoming familiar with when we're talking about like real business, you know, your business financials, just becoming familiar with the terminology. What is a PL? What am I supposed to get out of that? What is it telling me? And or my balance sheet. Should I be looking at that? What is it? What does it tell me? And understanding, you know, the PL is how you your revenues in and out over a period of time. I always say that it's like it's like a, a TikTok reel. It's over a period of time, right? Where your balance sheet is at a specific, it's a snapshot. It's a specific point in time as of whatever date. It's more like a selfie, right? So it's your business's little selfie. But understanding what the financial statements are and how to use them is really important. And looking at them, my, my number one tip when you're looking at financials is not to look at, I'm just going to look at February. I'm just going to look at August by itself. You have to look at them across, you know, the last 12 months. I always say trailing 12 months. It's kind of a real big finance term. It's the last 12 months up till this date, because then you can really see the trends. Did my revenue go up and my expenses went down? Um, Did I, did, if you're selling something that is a product, did my revenues go up and my costs to make those products not go up with it? Why not? Did I forget to do something? Even the silly things like uh, I pay, you know, business liability insurance every month and I'm looking at it for the 12 months and I did not pay it in August. Uh-oh, did I forget to pay it? Did it get recorded in the wrong spot? You know, what is going on there? So really understanding it by looking at like the whole period of time so you can get an idea of when something looks off and you'll start to really get it. You'll start to really see trends and say, It'll trigger you. You'll look at it and you'll say, well, heck, that doesn't seem right. What's going on here? And that's especially important if you have a bookkeeper that's doing work for you, because often, like you said, I want to hand it off, right? You want to hand off that finance stuff to somebody else, but they're only human too, and we all make mistakes, or they just might not be trained properly, and they might make mistakes that they don't know they're making. So it's good for you to have a grasp on what is normal for my business and what is not normal so that you can identify it and say, hey, that looks weird. I want to know what that is and really dig into it. And of course, on the fraud side of things, if you ever got in that space, really digging in allows you to know that looks weird. Why is that happening? I want to know what that is and finding out what the details are. I know years ago, it was said that a, a business usually stays in the red for about the first three years. Is that still the trend? Or have we learned a little bit more because, you know, now there's a lot of online businesses, so you can kind of turn a profit much quicker. 
So where, if somebody's starting a business, where should they feel kind of comfortable where they're going to start seeing, let, let's say, since a lot of our listeners, I think are coaches, um, influencers, probably more in the digital space, use that as an example, where should you start to be able to see a profit? And when you do, do you give yourself a raise or do you prepare for the unexpected COVID? <laughs> Great question, right? I mean, my advice might've been a little bit different 2019 and prior. Um, I think for anyone who's in a service-based business, we're going to see it like I am, like you are, like, you know, your listeners are, I think we're going to see you a, ter- a profit way sooner. We're not trying to, you know, invest in all this, you know, equipment and raw materials and stuff to get our products out the door. We're normally able to get a profit right away because I think a lot of us start as just us before we start hiring people and things like that to, you know, help out with the operations. And if you're not pricing your services to get a profit right away, you need to take another look at it because as a solopreneur service-based business, you should see a profit right away. And one of the things I, I like to tell entrepreneurs when they're when they're looking at like what, well, you know, what things, how do I know if I'm I'm pricing myself right and all that kind of thing. And and it's really originally taking a look at what in my personal life does this have to support? And that basically becomes your salary, right? Not hyper-technically, but that's what you want covered out of your business. And I'm not saying in any way to put your personal expenses through your business, but I'm saying, you know, your rent and your car payment and your children's tuitions and all those kind of things, you want your business, if that's your only business, you want it able to support that. So you have to take that into account when you're looking at, you know, I, I spend $5,000 a month in my life. I need my business to bring in at least $5,000 a month for it to make sense for me to continue doing this. Um, You know, of course, initially we don't all have, oh, I have, you know, slots for 10 clients and they're all full from day one. You know, that's not going to happen. So you have to make sure you also have, you know, three to six months of savings before you start this journey so that you can fall back on it a little bit. I did not. I started with (laughs) $2,000, but, you know, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. You just have to like make it work, especially as a single parent. Sometimes you don't have a choice on what you're doing, but um, it's really important at the end of the day to say, what am I, am I, how I'm pricing my projects and my retainers? Is that making me a profit? And don't look at also, don't look at what I made the last corporate job I had. Last corporate job I had, I had I made a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's fifty dollars an hour. So I'll charge fifty dollars an hour. Well, no, because your company was carrying all the overhead. So now you've got to price yourself to carry all the overhead too. So triple it. Whatever you were making before in your corporate job, triple that hourly rate. Well, I think you really just need to look at your value, not necessarily the trend. You said you started your business with two thousand dollars. I probably started with nothing enough to cover a um, grabbing a domain and you know PayPal account and kind of went from there. I, I started my business actually through Meetup, so I you know I started a Meetup membership and so those little subscriptions. But I mean, somebody who is in finance, you would probably also suggest to people go through all those little subscriptions every year and and start eliminating some things. But I also started my my business without a plan. Is that ideal? No. 
my life was in a scrambled mess and I had to pick up and uh, really do something for my family. And it was like, I had to do it. Luckily, I threw myself into an area where I have passion. So it was easy and it came to me. And 14 years later, I still have my business. So, you know, I'm, I, you know, I managed to be one of those people that, you know, did get over the three years and did make a profit and has survived, but it's, you know, it, COVID was a killer. And honestly, it's like my business, part of my business has not recovered from the pandemic. Part of my business may not recover. So it's at that time where you also look at the areas of your business that are working and that are not working. And it's time to like walk away and have an exit strategy. Absolutely. And, you know, while it is working, I always, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a modified profit first approach. If you know, profit first at all and how they, you know, you're supposed to, you know, put your money into all these different accounts, but always put them away money into a separate account for taxes and always put money away in a separate account. That's just savings that's outside of your normal operating account so that when you do hit some weird shit, start some stuff, you're allowed to. That's not the name of your podcast. That's okay. <laughs> you, you've allowed yourself to say, okay, I've got this money put aside. And especially in April or you know March, if you're an S corp or whatever, but especially at tax time when you've got that tax bill and you're like, oh my God. Oh, right. I put money away for that already. It's all good. So if I, you know, if anybody walks away from from this with any advice at all, it's, you know, to put money into savings and prof and, um, and taxes separate from your operating account all the time. And what if it's a side hustle? What if you're starting a business, you're working full-time for somebody else, corporate America or wherever you may live. Um, and you're starting a side hustle. A lot of people, you know, me, I, my taxes have always been like home and business. I use a simple turbo tax and because I'm self-employed, but also sole proprietor, I just take a draw. I don't give myself a paycheck. I wish I could, but it actually doesn't make sense. I mean, you just take the draw. So let's say you have a side hustle and a full-time business. What's the best way to keep those finances separate? And do you have a certain platform that you consider? Because I actually relied on PayPal only for years. And then every year when I do my taxes, I see I've paid $3,000 in fees. Like, ouch, there's got to be a better solution. So I have been, I have been phasing out of PayPal and using some other platforms, but um, what's the best way to, to keep that all separate? Have a separate checking account or PayPal? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say from day one, when you start your business, have a separate checking account. Even if you even if you haven't named it to your business name yet because you don't have an EIN and all that, you know, but keep everything separate so that it's super easy to go through and just go, okay, this is what came through my business account. And this is all personal stuff over here on my personal side. And you don't have to worry about splitting it out yourself. You don't have to worry about the IRS coming back and going through all your personal stuff to, you know, carve out your professional things. It also helps for anything that you might attach you know, your like if it's a PayPal account or a, a credit card or subscriptions or anything like that, you don't want your personal banking information out there for your business. So day one, go ahead and open up the new bank account just for your business, 100%. And what's nice is some of those things that you can write off, 
go ahead and link them to that account. Like, yeah. you know, your internet or your phone, if you're going to be able to start writing things off, um, link those to that business account. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So as somebody who um, works with a lot of women entrepreneurs, do you make certain suggestions about all those subscriptions? Again, I'm kind of listening in my head with Dave Ramsey. He's like, don't subscribe to stuff, just pay for it cash and all this. But that's why I feel like things are kind of dated because this was 20 years ago. Now there's so many different recurring expenses from even just like Calendly and Zoom and stuff like that. Um, what are your suggestions in that area? Well, I think if you, you know, a lot of them offer a very steep discount if you pay for the annual subscription. I mean, sometimes it's up to 40% off, you know, it depends on, you have to really look at when it says monthly billing and annual billing. And they, sometimes they'll give you like the, what it looks like for, you know, on a monthly basis, if you pay annual, it's super confusing. But if it's a, if it's a service or a software that you know, you're going to be using all for the next 12 months, whether it's, you know, QuickBooks or whatever, pick, pick whatever it's Calendly. If you know, if you're comfortable with it, you've gone through the trial thing and you're like, yep, this is it. Then if you can afford it, go ahead and pay for the full year. If there's a, a discount on it, if it's like 10% off, eh. but sometimes, like I said, they're 20, 30, 40% off. If you pay on an annual basis, you just have to make sure that you know when it's coming up again. So if you don't want to renew, you keep that in mind. What I do for those, the, also there's a there's a website called privacy.com where you can do virtual um, debit cards on your regular account. And you can set them up so that they're only good for that vendor. So like I have one for Calendly and I have it set up that it is good for, you know, X dollars a year and I can also pause it. I can shut it down. I can make it for one payment and close it out if I am worried that I've subscribed to something I don't want to subscribe to next year and I'll forget so that it automatically declines like, you know, the next payments coming through. So that's a really cool website to go on to. I think that's a really good point about the subscriptions is go ahead and pay it um, for the year because of the deep discount. And to me, that's changing your mindset and habit. When I pay for Calendly every month, I feel a little less guilty. I'm like, oh, it's only $15. I'm going to hang on to it. But you're right. I bet if I paid for it for the whole year, I would save so much. And then the reason why I didn't do that initially is I wasn't sure how much I would be using it. But maybe you need to mark your calendar. Use it for three or four months. How much are you really using it? And then maybe switch over your subscription. You could start saving. Yeah. And actually, that's exactly what I did with Calendly, to be honest. I didn't know if I was going to like it. So I had it for a couple of months. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep this. And yeah. oh my gosh. And at the time, yeah, it was like 30% less to do it on an annual basis. Substantial. Yeah. I'm, I use that every day. So, um, well, yeah. So as we kind of wrap up here, I want to hear a little bit more about your podcast and it's okay to say it. No, oh, good. <laughs> we have a podcast. My, my, I, uh, my friend and I have a podcast called Oh Shit, What Now? And we interview women entrepreneurs. The vast majority of them are also parents. Um, many of them are, are single also, but it's how they navigate the struggles and, and the successes of being a parent and being an entrepreneur, which has both, you know, its own struggles that go along with that. And some of the stories are like 
soaring successes. And some of them are, you know, women who are still, still struggling along in the process. And we just find out like, you know, what was your moment that you said, I want to do this? Or what was your moment that you realized it was working for you and, and their advice and, and things about their journey. It's kind of fun. Well, you must have plenty of content because I'll, I'll tell you this. Oh shit. What now? sounds like my daily journal. (laughs) (laughs) My my friend has five sons. I have four. So we're like, yeah, that's it on the daily. (laughs) Yeah. You can just like, Oh boy, this happened today. Let's hop on. Um, so great. So for our podcast listeners, I'm going to make sure to drop that information in show notes, how to find your podcast, how to connect with you for our radio only listeners. What's the best way to find you? Uh, best way is on um, my website, dkeast.com. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm also on TikTok, believe it or not. <laughs> we're, all, we're all starting to tiptoe into strange little waters that I thought, I, I'm like, I'll never do a TikTok. And I did. And I'm not like active, but I have an account. And it's that space where I kind of, I don't know, should I, should I not? So I, I'm still teetering a little bit. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, I'm trying to repurpose stuff onto YouTube also. So <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, you know what? I'm gonna make sure to grab a couple of your episodes so we can hear them also on 360 Talk Radio for Women. Awesome. Yeah. So Dorothy, thank you so much for joining me here today. I think you gave some wonderful tips to our listeners in the area of finance. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. I had a great time. And you've been listening to the Be Bold Show for Women Entrepreneurs.